Hi everyone, and welcome back to Human Experience at Work. Unlike previous podcasts, today I have the pleasure of welcoming two guests from Corn Ferry, the leading global organizational consulting firm. I start by welcoming Chris Shannon. Chris is a senior client partner and head of industrial advisory practice in the Middle East. He has served as a global account manager for major clients across Corn Ferry's organizational effectiveness, leadership, and reward practices, and has worked in the US, Japan, Middle East, and Europe, supporting clients raise their organizational effectiveness. I also welcome Hussein Jabir, associate client partner and member of the Corn Ferry Digital Business in the region. He also leads the employee experience practice for Middle East, Turkey, and Africa. Hussein has worked with clients across the region, supporting organizations align their people strategy to their business strategy, and is involved in various topics like organizational development, employee experience, work measurement, and total reward. Chris and Hussein, thank you for joining me today. Delighted to be here. Thank you, Nelly, for having us here. So today I'd like to focus uh, the podcast on the evolution of total reward practices and what have we learned from the recent COVID-19 survey conducted by Corn Ferry. A lot has happened since the beginning of 2020, and we have observed organizations taking different measures impacting pay and benefits. So maybe I start with you, Chris, and the global perspective. Can you tell us what were the implications of the pandemic on the world of total reward and what trends have you observed? So thanks, Nelly. Yes, here in Corn Ferry, we've been closely measuring organizational reaction to the COVID crisis through three separate surveys between March and May this year, in which we've, attract, we've assessed the evolutionary response. 99 countries and nearly 8,000 clients. So it's given us a very good snapshot of what's happening out there. Probably not a surprise to your listeners, but the key headline is that over this time, organizations have moved from a feeling of great uncertainty as to what may happen through to a growing awareness that the results of the COVID crisis will be very significant for their business. Indeed, 75% of them have said in our May survey that they expect the results to lead to a significant reduction in their revenues for their organization. And of course, not only is the organization hit, but the individual employee is hit as well. Nearly 20% of them have faced either salary cuts or salary freezes. We've also seen short-term incentives reduced. And of course, the hardest thing of all, we've seen redundancies. At first, this is only at around 10%, but we do expect that to increase significantly over the coming months as organizations have to reduce the furlough scheme and take appropriate action. And Hossein, when you zoom into the Middle East regional results, are the trends similar? Are they deviating from the global ones? So in the Middle East, we had around 200 plus participation organizations from different you know, sectors, different organization size and ownership type. 
we have also seen that 66% of the organizations would have like a significant impact on their revenues has, you know, compared to what Chris mentioned at the more global level. Typically, organizations are implementing basic salary cuts, you know, where in 28% of the organizations are implementing that you know, typically for three to six months period, you know, with an average salary cut of around 25%. However, that could vary depending on what level the employees are and, and which industry they operate in. We have also seen like a significant hike in, you know, the overall salary freezes. 43% of the organizations have implemented or, or are already considering implementing that. We have also seen you know, 70% of the organizations have implemented the active you know, paid leave management process to avoid employees going away on a large number of uh, holidays once uh, there is economic recovery in the second half of like 2020, hopefully. We have also seen organizations uh, delaying new hires. So 82% of the organizations have you know, cut down on hiring new employees in this process. And everyone is, is, is adopting a more kind of wait and watch model. We have also seen, as Chris mentioned, permanent layoffs and also reduced working hours uh, in the region as well. I mean, no doubt the impact of the pandemic has been very significant on organizations across industries, of course, with different variations. But beyond COVID, your recent research identifies five key trends in total rewards over the next two years. So this question goes to you, Chris. In your opinion, which ones of these five trends are going to be the most disruptive or more important for organizations to monitor or even adopt moving forward? Yeah, I think there's a few that I would want to point out. We do see a, an intention of, by organizations to rethink their total rewards approach and make it far more fit for purpose than it has been, really understanding the motivation and drivers of their employees and how it aligns to reward. We also think the performance management process and the short-term incentive process is going to have to fundamentally change, both in terms of design and capability. The job architecture, structure of roles, how they are measured, and career planning is going to have to be fundamentally rethought in the face of the disruption and the digitalization that we see. Even on a tactical level, we see that the approach to benchmarking rewards is going to have to change. Organizations are going to have to be smarter in the way they do this in order to maximize the value they can gain from it. And so, Hossein, building on what Chris mentioned and the need for resetting the clock in total reward, and for organizations to rethink their offerings in a way that engages and understand what motivates their employees or what he mentioned is a fit for purpose total reward. In your views, how organizations can measure what people value the most and what in your opinion has a higher influence on employee engagement? So the uh, COVID-19 pandemic has caused organizational disruption on an unprecedented scale. For businesses to you know, survive and, and thrive, employees are you know, going to have to work differently and be engaged and enabled as they were never before. Organizations need to align the employee experience along with people's strategy. And you know, there is a growing expectation gap between what organizations need from their employees and what employees need from the organization. And that's why, you know, creating employee experience journey is obviously looking beyond the annual survey cycle and then thinking more kind of broadly around how it feels to work at the organization, 
you know, defining the appropriate moments of truth for employees, the all the way from the, you know, candidate experience to the exit and the alumni and how important it is to have continuous listening across the year and moving away from the annual cycle that was there. Corn Ferry has uh, partnered with Qualtrics and, and SAP Success Factors to offer and enhance human experience management solutions to organization. And the three key focus areas that we look at are around listen, understand, and act. And I'm going to elaborate a little bit more around these three important aspects. Agility in the way organizations have to start listening in these unprecedented times uh, has to be improved. You have to be extremely closer to your employees and really need to understand what is it that is keeping them engaged in these times and how are they serving their customers internally. You you need to ensure that the whole listening program is in place that, that eventually leads to like providing you the, the right data points that can help you to make informed decisions around change and around adapting to the new world and the new normal. And it also creates an integrated uh, ecosystem where you know there's more kind of continuous listening around all the changes and actions that you're doing within the organization. Understand is an is an extremely important aspect where as you basically kind of launch the full continuous listening programs, you have to start you know focusing on what really businesses need. You know what is the full you know focus on like performance. Use predictive analysis and to make informed decisions of the future, and it also becomes a lot more kind of real time and you know self service rather than the old and the outdated way of like doing it once a year. And the most important pack uh, of this is the the act segment. How do you integrate all the information that you have gathered to your employee listening program? And how the organizations are, you know, going to make internal changes within the organization. Also, how are they, you know, going to link the output of the of the feedbacks to appropriate KPIs? Historically, it's always been seen that the employee engagement or employee experience is an HR-driven initiative. Obviously, there has been like a massive shift of ownership from HR to being every single uh, line and uh, every single head of departments are in turn responsible for that. So having a, you know, extremely clear link of increased and improved employee experience and employee engagement results to like business KPIs is absolutely paramount in these times. Now shifting to another reward related topic and pay for performance philosophy, the survey highlights the need to shift to more agile performance management. Chris, can you tell us more about this trend and what I believe is the most important to our listeners is to learn about the how. How can organizations evolve their performance management approach? I think fundamentally it's on two levels. One is around design or the performance management process. And second, it's about capability. and That's managerial capability in enhancing performance. So in terms of design, we are certainly seeing organizations pulling back from the annual objectives to far more tactical, for example, quarterly objectives that reflect the, the fundamental uncertainty that's out there at the moment. No point setting objectives when people really can't see that far ahead. We also see a greater emphasis on what we call lead indicators. Traditionally, organizations tend to focus on financials, what we call lag indicators. These are the things we see after all the work is being done. But in order to help organizations get out of their current situation, we really need to focus on what employees are doing, whether it's in terms of their delighting customers, whether it's improving operational efficiency, whether it's living the values of the organization. 
it's really important to understand, are they doing the right things, which will lead to success, say three, six months further down the road. So fundamentally changing the design and the approach is critical. And alongside that, we're asking employees to work in a fundamentally different way, to take on new skills, be far more flexible than they have been required in the past. And in order for that to work, they need the support, they need the coaching, they need the feedback from their managers that's timely and specific and insightful. It's only through this that they will be able to meet the challenge of this current disruption. So managerial capability in raising performance needs to be far greater than it perhaps has been in the past. And rather than focusing on rating, which is often a key output of the performance management system, we should expect managers to know who are the outstanding performers, to know which performers are not meeting the requirements of the organization, and to be able to coach and manage that process, not rely upon a rather simplistic rating system to do that for them. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. And I know this whole topic of continuous performance and continuous development dialogue has been a topic of debate for the past two years. And I'm curious to hear from Hossein about how companies in the Middle East are responding to the whole concept of continuous performance management and the need for more frequent conversations. A challenge has been in the region is that performance management has always been seen as a tool to identify bonus payouts and salary increments. However, as a region, we have come a long way and the level of you know, sophistication could like vary between industry to industry. What we have seen organizations in the Middle East do particularly well over the past couple of years is identifying an absolutely clear link between performance and reward. As work gets more integrated, a more flexible goal setting process you know, will be implemented. For many roles, we also expect an annual goal setting process to be accelerated to a more, you know, a semi-annual or even quarterly, you know, particularly around the more, you know, frontline employees and, you know, sales and commercial driven employees. Also, what we have seen is organizations are a lot more disciplined around the whole continuous feedback process and how they are implementing and investing heavily in you know, providing managers, you know, the right level of training and coaching on how do they have to coach and how do they have to, you know, provide feedback to their employees. And it's also moving away, you know, from an annual tick box exercise to a more, you know, managing performance, you know, discussion on either quarterly, semi-annually and annual basis. And the third and the most important one is the typical five scale rating, you know, scheme has Chris mentioned, you know, global trend is in a more gentle decline in our region as well. And it, it will be replaced with alternative approaches, enabling organizations to you know, credibly and, and effectively identify you know, talent and identify kind of processes on who are the employees who are, are making um, substantial differences in the, in the business as compared to those who are not. So thanks for sharing, Hossein. And I know that today's technology even allow this continuous performance management to be enabled in a very fast and smooth way that also drives employee experience. Along the same lines of the need for workforce agility, Chris, can you tell us more about what leaders need to do to enable that agility in the workplace? Sure. So look, in these 
very disruptive times, there are a number of, of, of critical competencies that we see leaders are having to adapt in order to, to cope with the environment. And we call this our ADAPT model. First of all, we're seeing that leaders need to make quick judgments. We are in a situation where we can't sit around, we can't wait for things to become clearer. We need to provide direction for our employees and we need to make some quick decisions that can help us survive. We need, as we've heard, to energize people, to give people real purpose about our organization and empathize with them about the situation that they find themselves in and we all find ourselves in. We need to implement ideas quickly, ideas that used to take several months to get through, we need to do now. We need to also recognize this leadership is not about being the individual hero. It's increasingly about connecting across the organization, listening to talents across the whole piece, understanding perspectives and embracing them where necessary and exchanging ideas as a consequence. And through that process, we can help, leaders can help organizations survive and thrive post-COVID. Thank you, Chris. And there is really nothing more important in these uncertain times than agility, empathy, the importance of listening to your employees to understand what's going on, what matters for them, and to adjust towards you know, improving this with the agility and speed. Another interesting thing that the research highlights is really the shift in organization moving from extreme market benchmarking posture to a rational benchmarking process. Now, this question goes to Hossein. Can you elaborate more what does this mean for organizations and what would you recommend them to do while developing their total reward strategies? Sure. So in these difficult times, organizations are extremely inclined to have a more internal view you know, versus taking an external benchmarking view. And we personally feel that this could be very, very short-sighted. Organizations have to move away from an extreme market benchmarking position to a more rational benchmarking process. And the way organizations should do that is moving away from utilizing different survey providers. So as we know, there are, there are different organizations that offer different you know, solutions around market benchmarking. And obviously that could become very heavy on the organization. So you know, standardizing and rationalizing on high quality benchmarking you know, survey providers and using that and, and being a lot more kind of structured. Also moving away from the overall fixation of being at, at like a particular percentile of the market has their market you know, positioning philosophy. Historically, we have seen organizations using terms like, you know, we would want to be at the 98th percentile of the market or at the upper quartile of the market or the 75th percentile of the market and how organizations need to move away, you know, from that fixated point to a more uh, to a more rational and, and, and a more internal competitive zone kind of positioning where we see what is the appropriate value of the jobs that they are paying in their organization and the organization decides what's that competitive you know pay zone that they want to pay their employees obviously using market data has a good guiding principle but eventually making that decision internally saying you know what's the best value that they want to pay their employees and what's the best ROI that they can get by making that investment in their employees. Thank you. That was very insightful. And thank you both for sharing. Now, based on everything we covered, you know, in our discussion today, what are the key three recommendations you'd like our HR leaders listening to the podcast today to take away? Maybe I can start with you, Chris. Um, one would be 
stay, be closer to your employees than you've ever been before. Uh, what I mean by that is really understand their drivers, their motivations, really understand the barriers that exist to enhance performance and do things about them. Really understand what they are bringing to your organization and how that can be recognized and enhanced still further. At this particular time, you really need to understand and be closer than you've ever been before to your employee base. And Hossein, for our Middle East audience, what else is important to focus on? So, you know, from um, a more regional perspective, we want to focus on the six rights because everything that uh, that we spoke about earlier today and all the other aspects that organizations are, are going under transformation and change. And these six R's or the six rights are absolutely critical and to drive change and uh, achieve business results. Right skills, right shape of the organization, having the right size in the organization at the right side having the appropriate spend and right spend and having the, the right resources to achieve the overall business objectives. And that's my key takeaway, my six hours of right. Thank you. I think in a future session, I'd like to focus more on understanding all of these six hours in more details. Chris and Hussein, thank you for being with us today. It was interesting to learn about, you know, the total reward trends that are affecting human experience at work the impact of COVID-19 on total reward strategies and also your recent survey results. And more importantly, hearing your perspective on all of the above. So thank you. Thank you, Delhi, for having us and also sharing some of our key findings of our survey and uh, helping organizations drive change internally in these difficult times. Thanks very much. Thank you. Absolutely. This is Nelly Bustani, and you've been listening to Human Experience at Work. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you'd like to leave your feedback or recommend any topic of interest for the future, please do not hesitate to engage with us. Stay tuned for the next one to hear different perspectives from our guest speakers on bringing human experience at work to life.